Hey Rockheads, if you haven't already checked out Music to Code By, you really should, especially if you need to focus on anything, like programming. But it's great for kids doing homework, great for reading, great for writing, anything that you need to focus on. The results speak for themselves. I've got hundreds of satisfied customers. Go check out their comments and more at mtcb.pwop.com. .NET Rocks, episode 1198, with guest Ricardo Barbosa. Recorded Thursday, September 10th, 2015. You know it. It's .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. We're here for another hour. Hey, Ricardo Barbosa is here. We'll be talking to him in just a little bit about uh, method interception using JSON. But uh, first, how are you, man? I am, you know, plunking away here. We've got so many conferences this fall. Yeah. I have this crazy run with uh, our first dev intersection in Europe. going to be a smaller show, but Scott Hanselman is headlining, and uh, along with uh, Scott Hunter and a few other of the key Microsoft folks and our, many of our friends. Amsterdam, right? Yeah, in Amsterdam. We're working, we're working with the SDN folks who used to do a show there. We've been to that show. Back sure. In Arnhem. So they're, they're working with us on that. Yep. And then uh, two weeks later, Vegas. Yeah. And that's going to be huge. Huge show. We've lit up the whole IT part. Recently minted tech fellow Jeffrey Snover, the father of PowerShell. Awesome. It's going to be speaking. Along yeah. with a lineup of VPs, Scott Guthrie, Jason Zander, and uh, Stephen Guggenheimer. The Googs. Yep. Boy, it's going to be a great party. And and people are already signing up. Have, are you? Do you run the risk of selling out? You know, it would be a good problem to have. That's certainly our goal. But uh, it, the MGM grant is big. So yeah. uh, I think uh, there's yeah. some pressure there. We, we, we may run out of uh, space at some point. I wish I had... Eight more rooms. There's so much to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't fit every session in that I wanted to have, but the lineup I've got is, they're just amazing. And you and I are on for uh, the 64-bit question as well. Which is going to be great. Are you recording or streaming it? Uh, we've got Channel 9 there. So uh, our friend Seth Wars is going to be down. And uh, yeah, there'll be some Channel 9 streaming and, uh, and a bunch of other good stuff. That is so cool. Yeah, it's a great, we're going to a good place. We're going to have a good time in Vegas in the fall. So right now, though, let's roll the Better Know Framework music. Awesome. All right, man. What do you got? Mockaroo. What? Mockaroo. Mockaroo. Mockaroo.com. M-O-C-K-A-R-O-O.com. The realistic data generator. Need some mock data to test your app? Mockaroo lets you generate up to a thousand rows of realistic test data in CSV, JSON, SQL, and Excel formats. Interesting. Boobity boobity boom. Press the button. Download. Done. I like Mockaroo. That's a good idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. And it's a great implementation. It's a simple one page website. Make me fake data. Yeah. And then if you need more than a thousand rows, then you can pay them or something. Okay. Yeah. So enough to build a sample. And if you really want to get bigger stuff, uh, they'll do that for you too. Mockaroo. That's cool, man. Nice find. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. That's it. Mockaroo.com. Love it. Who's talking to us, man? Hey, grabbed a comment off a of show 1172, the one we did with Tudor Gerba. Mm-hmm. We talked about Moose and the whole concept of analyzing source code. Yes. And this comment comes from Mark Townsend, and it's very brief, but to the point where it says, no question, the most interesting guest you've had on in the recent past. Moose has gone straight to the top of my cool things to check out list. Thanks for all the great shows. Yeah. And I agree, Mark. Every time we can find an amazing European with a cool library, we should have him on the show. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that was a setup or anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's one of our favorite things in the world is to find smart people doing cool stuff and give them a chance to talk to us about it. Yeah. And uh, thanks for enjoying that show. We totally agree. Tudor was an awesome guest. And a .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or on any of the social media we post. We post every show to Google Plus and Facebook. And if you comment there, we read it. We'll send you a mug. And also, we're tweeting all the time. I'm at Carl Franklin. He's at Rich Campbell. Don't forget to send us a tweet. 
Hey, it's time to introduce our guest, Ricardo Barbosa. He is a passionate, to-the-bone, full-stack Portuguese developer who specializes mainly in Microsoft technologies. He's a creator and entrepreneur at heart, but still a Clark Kent during the day, developing for a major telecom company. Ricardo is living proof that you can beat the no-time-to-do-it excuse. Father of almost two girls... Wife's giving birth to the second child real soon. (laughs) (laughs) We got to qualify that. He always uh, finds the time and the will to develop that crazy stuff that we developers always have pounding in our heads. Ricardo's latest solo creation is a library called Code Cop that lets you do method interception in .NET using JSON, the result of almost one and a half years of dedication and stubbornness and ignoring those extra gray hairs. He has a master's degree in computer engineering by a university in Portugal I can't pronounce, but he'll pronounce it for you, Uh, but says that in essence what he knows today is due to real-world practice and a strong self-taught will. Universidade de Lusófona de Lisboa. Is that good? Yeah, Universidade Lusófona. Lusófona. Lusófona, yeah. Lusófona. Lusófona de Lisboa. Just get it in my eye. This looks like a university <laughs> in Lisbon, but what's the Lusófona? Telecommunications? Yeah, it, no, it, it has a lot of, of uh, fields, but yeah, it's uh, majorly engineering stuff, yeah. Great. Cool. It, and, it, and it's based off in Lisbon, yeah. Okay, I love method interception, but... With JSON? Do you configure it with JSON? Is that the story? Yeah. First of all, hey guys, thanks for having me. It's You're welcome. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for coming. Yeah, I spent all day pinching myself just to see if this was real. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's, uh, like you said, it's using JSON Mm -hmm. to configure uh, your interceptors for uh, any .NET app. All right. So let's back up. When I think of interceptors, I think of um, aspect-oriented programming, for example, something that takes control when you call a method or something like that and then lets you do stuff behind the scenes. Is that really what we're talking about or is something totally different? No, yeah. I mean, that's one of the use use cases mm-hmm. uh, that you can give to method interception, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, other scopes and a lot of other paths that we can take. Well, do tell, do tell. Yeah, yeah. So my idea with CodeCop and building a library like this that is totally configured with JSON, especially because I looked exactly what you said at all the aspect-oriented libraries out there mm-hmm. and all the options that already the framework already gives us with all those uh, context-bound objects and mm-hmm. Marshall-by-ref objects that you can already out-of-the-box use to intercept uh, objects. And uh, what I what I saw is that there's a lot of uh, work that you got to do in order to, for instance, instrument a large scale application. You have to spread all these special magic attributes and and inherit from special objects and make this all this kind of noise and bloat inside your code. Mm. And actually, that happened at work. Uh, with a colleague of mine, and that was my inspiration to build CodeCop. I saw the guy that he was so desperate because he had to instrument a big application with probably 50 or more projects, thousands of lines of code, and the guy was just literally going method by method, just like putting all those cross-cutting concerns uh, like logging and auditing. It was like, begin method, and method, log this. This, These were the parameters that uh, the method was called Mm. with. And it was repeating that, repeating that, repeating that. Yeah, right. And I saw, man, what are you doing? And the guy was just like, I don't know of any other idea. And I talked to him about, of course, everybody knows PostSharp. Yeah, yeah, PostSharp. That was exactly what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, PostSharp is like this jumbo plane, you know, like nine years of, of ASP-oriented programming. But PostSharp, to me, it's a, a great solution, but it also enforces you to bloat your code with attributes. Right, right. Okay, you have to go there and spread a lot of bloat, bloatness in your code. 
And once you have, if you have a small app, okay, that's no problem. But if you are talking about a large scale enterprise application, that can be a lot of pain and that can consume a lot of time of your resources. So tell us how easy it is. Tell well, us how easy it is with CodeCop. So my first idea was I want unobtrusiveness, okay? I want my app to know nothing about interceptors, okay? My app has nothing to do with cross-cutting concern curve, okay? So I, I just want the app to be aware of its business logic. That's what uh, the app exists for. So uh, I, what I intended to do is how about if there was a way that I could build my interceptors, okay, my logic that I want to be executed inside mm -hmm. a method, and then I could apply it with a configuration file, okay? So I thought of JSON, and I, and I said, wow, that probably could be a great idea. Mm -hmm. So if I have my interceptors, I could just inside my app bootstrap my app like uh, let me just uh, give you a quick story of how CodeCop initially started okay when i when i developed CodeCop initially it was so unobtrusive that it auto bootstrapped itself it didn't wow. even because there's a feature uh in the .NET space that not everyone is aware that's called module initializers okay it's the cc CC Tor, you know, that the constructor and you have the CC Tor mm -hmm. and those module initializers, you can hook them and inject code there and they will run, you know, they will run before any uh, initialization code uh, of your module. Okay. So yep. if you have an app, if you inject code on the CC Tor, you can um, make that code run in uh, prior to any object initialization, okay? Mm -hmm. So I could easily bootstrap it and say, okay, grab the code cop library, inject it here and bootstrap it. But I thought that was uh, probably um, a security concern. Right. So I decided that the app must give the, must show the intent of being intercepted. Okay. The app says, okay, intercept me. Right. That's the only thing that the app does. It's okay. Now I want to be intercepted, but the app knows nothing about interceptors or JSON or anything else. But is it, is it still a security risk because somebody could come along, change the configuration, point to another assembly and take over your app? Yeah. If you look at, Act it in that way, yeah. But if your server is compromised, so yeah, you have another problem altogether. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the problem right there. Yeah, it's not the JSON; it's gotcha. the server. It's your all the all the security stack behind it. Sure. Yeah. So that's my idea. I want that large scale enterprise applications could be instrumented quickly. Instrumenting code is a waste of time. Yeah. You. Yeah, I mean, you have a lot of other stuff to do. Go create something beautiful. Go play the guitar like Carlin, yeah. like Carl. Yeah, but uh, yeah, don't waste your time with, with sorry, the express, but stupid code. Sure. So I have the impression that this is sort of global, right? When you, when you put this in in an interceptor, you say, do you, do you have method by method um, configuration? Or can you say all methods or... Every method yeah. in this class or in that class, but not this class, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's where the the thing is is gets its magic. So you can, um, if you go to our site at getcodecop.com, uh, if you hit the getcodecop.com/slash/tool, we have built an automated tool that reverse engineers any .NET assembly and lets you build. The JSON automatically, you know? Nice. If I didn't build this, this would be another pain because you had to put all the methods yourself into JSON. Right, so yeah. what's the point, man? Right? So it creates like a, a scaffolding for you and then you can just go plug in whatever calls you want yeah. in the JSON where you want them to happen. Yeah, you nice. upload your assembly 
and then you select all the types, you select all the methods, and you say, oh, for this, I want the interceptor with this name, apply it. And then you can say the method is is uh, per interceptor, is global, okay, is applied yeah. to all uh, methods, mm. or you can... or if you, you can even use regular expressions, like say, if the method st- method name starts with Carl, then this interceptor, yes, the, those simple rejects starts with, ends with, it contains, okay? You can do all of that stuff just to simplify the JSON creation process, okay? Let me tell you, that is some powerful stuff right there. That Thank is you, man. powerful. Thank you. Yeah, this this is only you can only have this perception when you work in a large applic in a large company. If you're probably uh, you never had the experience of working in a large corporation, you probably this is something that you probably miss because you don't uh, you don't unfortunately you don't have the mm, the day to day experience of seeing how this can be a, a real thing. So you mentioned that. Beyond aspect-oriented programming, there are some other things and trick tips and tricks that you can do that we may not have thought of. Can you tell us about some of those? Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff. I mean, in aspect-oriented programming, it's all about adding behaviors, right? Yeah. It's all about adding stuff and decorating methods with logic that the programmer didn't, didn't thought about it when he wrote the code. Right. Okay? Right. So, I mean, a framework like this can be used to a lot of uh, use cases. One of those, it's um, if you have a framework that is so powerful like this that can intercept literally any method, you can build a very powerful mocking framework with this. If you look today of the mocking frameworks that we have there, and I'm talking about, the, to me, the Two most powerful mocking frameworks out there that is Mock and Fake It Easy to me are my favorite ones. <laughs> hey, Fake It Easy. Yeah, Fake <laughs> It Easy. Fake It Easy. It's so, what a great name. Yeah. So if you see there, they're, they're built around Castle Proxy, Dynamic Proxy, which is an awesome library. Okay. I respect it. Kudos to them. But it has a lot of limitations, right? If you see a mocking framework, it's always a wrapping object about another object, okay? If you see like a mock of potatoes, right? <laughs> it returns this mock object of potatoes, right? Yeah. With CodeCop, you work with the objects directly, man. There's no mocks, okay? You don't right. have to build... Interfaces are good, right? For architecture and abstractions, but sometimes you don't need inter- interfaces for everything. Hmm. I just did a, a blog post yesterday where I intercepted directly the entity framework assembly. Okay. I swapped it at runtime the add method for the remove method and the save changes. I totally annihilated it. So when I did, uh, um, remove, it actually added. <laughs> and when I did save mm. changes, mm. it, I, I, I program it to write to the console to no way Jose, you know? <laughs> so this is the power. This is, that was just a, a funny stuff to do. I mean, with a, a framework like this, you can really uh, work with your objects and, and, and have more time to do other uh, cool stuff. So mocking is, uh, is an idea that you can do besides uh, aspect oriented approach mm-hmm. and then and then there's always that uh, all that cascade of things that you can do like uh, reduce all that uh, that boilerplate code that you are used to to do like checking for nulls on parameters right all that stuff that right. you that you normally do like you with framework like this you can be build a global try catch handler on an interceptor and you don't have to do try catch anymore. How does that work? Do you put the try part in the pre and the, the catch part in the post? No. How does that work exactly? Yeah, that works. Yeah. You have three points of intercepting of mm-hmm. uh, interception. One is the before mm-hmm. you want the, the other is on execute. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the other is after. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to do something like that, you have to do on execute. Okay. okay. 
on execute you have access to the method okay i see so you're calling on execute and on execute calls the method yeah so you just write a complete uh try catch around that but it doesn't give you specifics right in other words you can't do specific try catches for this method and for that method that's the downside of going global yeah yeah, yeah. It doesn't solve all the problems in the world, but right. for small things, it's, it's very useful. And for instance, I did a, a package the other day that integrated, uh, code cop with mini profiler mm-hmm. that, uh, that library that I think Scott Anselman, uh, wrote it with also with the guys from Stack Overflow. And it automatically bootstraps a mini profiler, uh, with interceptors. So you just apply it to the methods. And then you see the automatically the mini profiler widget on your on your your screen. You know, it just occurs to me. Yeah. Back when I was a VB programmer, we didn't have all these errors and exceptions. We just had on error resume next. Remember that, Richard? <laughs> Remember that? There was no errors. What are all these errors? You you call yourself a programmer? We just make those errors go away. <laughs> yeah. And those were the days, man. Those were the days. <laughs> I remember when a customer called me and said, I want you to get ODBC off all these machines because all it does is generate errors. Because every <laughs> error message was ODBC error or such and such. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah I love it. Well, yeah. as long as we don't want to talk to the database, everything will be fine. <laughs> you know, the other product that we've talked about lots of times that counts on interception is preemptive analytics. Yeah, absolutely. That whole idea of instrumentation by method interception is a really interesting idea. And you can, you know, you can certainly do the same kind of thing, at least at that level. You know, preemptive is a whole suite that is not only the client side, but server side and everything. But you can do that kind of thing with, uh, with method interception or aspect oriented programming or whatever. Just do, uh, an asynchronous call, you know, set it to a lower priority if you're that concerned about, you know, it disturbing your app. Yeah. Good stuff. So yeah, what gave you. you the idea in the first place? Yeah, why do we need another one of these? Yeah. <laughs> you don't need another one of these. You need another one that it's faster to implement to give you time to go play the guitar. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, man. It, this is not just another one. Yeah, if just if it's just if it was ju- just another one, I would Preferably do uh, another thing. Mm-hmm. This is to f- to 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 make you go and create uh, code that is useful, not uh, like I said, dumb code like uh, logging and stuff. So, but uh, your question was, I'm sorry. What gave you the idea? Yeah, the idea was back at work, as I said, a colleague of mine that I was looking at his desperate face when he was instrumenting a large app that had some 50 or 60 projects. All oh, right. Yeah. You, s- you said this and he went through every line by line by line by line. Yeah. He, yeah. he was in cut and paste hell. Like, it, and he was polluting his code while he was doing it. And you yeah. just thought, how can I just make this easier for this person? Yeah. yeah. How can I save this guy's life? <laughs> so, <laughs> How can I let this guy play guitar more? Yeah. 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 So, I look at him and, and, and it's just, uh, if you multiply this, in this case, it was just a developer. Okay. But I know a, a lot of other companies. Okay. That are wasting a lot of resources. They probably have the old team doing this, spreading code, mm. you know, mm. just like, and not everyone is smart enough to create branches on your Git. Okay. So. Afterwards, when everything is instrumented and you know you have all the metrics, you can revert it and publish another version. But sometimes people don't even use source control systems and they're just like pounding on the keyboard, just like this crazy code. Yeah, hoping for the best. Yeah, they just publish that version and then they have the same work unwinding all that, you know. (laughs) That's the problem, you know. And that's, that's really, really something that's, um, that's, that's a pain. Another thing, another thing that I was going to say that it's a benefit from using CodeCop is that imagine that you already have an instrumented app. Okay. That's running CodeCop and said, okay, I want to be intercepted. I have my interceptors. I'm 
pushing all my data to to an integration uh, to to, to uh, like StatsD or something. And now someone comes up with this. All right, it was uh, it would you know it would be really cool if you could add this extra interceptor, okay? That did this. Mm. And if you have your app already deployed, okay, you just go. You just have to <clears throat> go to your interceptor solution, rebuild the interceptor solution, grab that DLL, drop it on the beam, okay? Put it on the JSON, the methods you want to intercept and to have that new interceptor, and you don't have to take your... Uh, you don't have to redeploy the entire thing again. That's the magic, and that's the kind of thing you cannot do with a library like, for instance, PostSharp or any other that's out there. You can even rewire the entire app. Imagine that you have methods A that <coughs> add interceptor X, and now method A as interceptor X, Y, and Z. You just go to the JSON, change it, restart the app, and everything uh, is all the interceptors are uh, rolling against that that method. Nice. So what is it actually doing under the hood here? It's not it's, you're not recompiling the app. No, 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 no. So there's a that's why it took me one and a half years to <laughs> develop something like this. That's the like tricky this. bit. Yeah, that's the tricky bit. There's a lot of when you start playing with uh, something like this on a statically compiled language, yep. you're doing an anti-nature thing, right? This is all this is anti-nature. You are injecting code that the compiler didn't know about it. So the CLR has all these kind of protection mechanisms around it, and it's very tricky. That's why when you were introducing me, you talked about the gray hairs. Yep. Yeah, this was one and a half years of gray hairs. And there are a lot of ways to uh, intercept, uh, to do method interception in .NET. As I mentioned, uh, there are some that the framework already uh, gives you, like the Marshall by ref objects, message syncs, yep. the serializables, etc. Okay. And there are other uh, techniques that are mostly uh, most known, like the <clears throat> static weaving, like PostSharp does. They have these post-build uh, steps where they inject IL, okay? Mm -hmm. So I'm doing exactly the opposite. I'm doing dynamic weaving, okay? So, and how does a thing like that is possible? A thing like that is possible, um, with a, with something called JIT interception. Okay. I'm intercepting the JIT at runtime. Okay. Right. It's an ancient technique and it's nothing new, but it's hard to come up with a stable thing because, like I said, there are a lot of protection mechanisms. It's not, it's not just injecting IL. If it was, it was easy. Hmm. Okay. Right. Because once the assembly is compiled, I'm sure you guys know this. That, for instance, the console write line method on module on the on the, on class A has a different metadata token that has on class B. Right. Okay. It's not just like if you're calling something inside your module or inside your class. Okay, just inject. If you're calling method B from method A and both methods reside on the potato class. Okay, no problem. They can be called. But if you are calling methods from another assembly or another class, you have to <clears throat> calculate the metadata and inject that metadata or the CLR will throw invalid exceptions at you. Mm. And that's not only the, the grayer maker. Another grayer maker, it's all also the <clears throat> signatures and... Um, the the try catch blocks the mm. <clears throat> the error handling uh, blocks you have to recalculate the offsets okay because you're injecting code and if 
<clears throat> the framework knows that your try catch stries, st uh, starts at offset five, the try. If you're in, you're injecting five more lines of code up ahead, you have to recalculate that offset and say, no, it's not at five, it's at 10 now. Okay. So there's a lot of stuff. So, yeah. but the technique under the hood is JIT interception. Yeah. And so your count, you, the app can't be running when you apply your interceptor, but as soon as it tries to run again, you intercept the jitting process, make your alterations, and then it, it executes as per normal just with the new interceptions. Yeah. When you take control of the JIT, everything belongs to you, my friend. Whatever you want to do, you can do. Yeah. It's your foot. Yeah. You JIT, you want JIT, <laughs> you do all this kind of, of, uh, crazy stuff okay so this is but i didn't start here you know there are a lot of hidden techniques that you can do but before you tell us what those are richard you know what time it is uh, it must be that happy time again yeah it's time to configure my brother's ide with code cop so it randomly replaces blocks of java code with stanzas from Allen ginsburg poems oh man that's weird <laughs> <laughs> jay will love it he'll love it you was a try catch now it's howl <laughs> uh, it's it. actually time to give away a Telerik DevCraft collection to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But let me tell you about Telerik DevCraft. It's the most complete .NET toolbox for web, mobile, and desktop development. With the addition of UI for Xamarin to the DevCraft bundle, you can create compelling native mobile experiences with your C-sharp skills. Download a free trial at tinyurl.com slash devcrafttrial. Awesome, dude. Who's our winner? Today's winner is Andy Kong. Congratulations, Andy. Yeah. Golf clap for you, sir. Golf clap for Andy. <laughs> and he just won the Telerik DevCraft collection, a big pile of awesome from our friends at Telerik. And if you don't know what we're doing here, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .NET Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. In every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But you got to sign up to win. And we also like to ask our guests, Ricardo, if you had $5,000 to spend on technology, sir, what would you buy? Wow, I'm already. <laughs> <laughs> He's ready. Yeah. yeah, I'm ready, man. So I'm... Also a musician at heart. Yeah. Like you, Carl. Yeah. So, and to me, a guitar is a very special piece of technology, man. Mm. So I would buy that PRS 30 anniversary oh. guitar that has the dragon on it. Paul you Reed Smith. Guitar? Yeah. 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 Sure. And I still, I still had to put more 3k out of my pocket man <laughs> because the guitar that's not enough yeah okay man yeah but it's awesome i would love to have that guitar man it's just beautiful piece of art so probably that's one of my main goals you know just also to get some time to to relax a bit because this has been uh, like uh, i said this is a solo project you know mm. you came out of your work you spent time with your daughter spend time with your wife and then you go to the hole. Yeah. You know, and you spend a lot of days then you, you, you wake up the other day and you go to work and you come and it's all this cycle. Do you know about Stoll guitars? S-T-O-L? No. So if you go to spindriftguitars.com, this yeah. is a shop that's right here in New London and there's two guys that, that work there. One of them builds tube amplifiers hand soldered everything boutique yeah. tube amps and the other guy builds electric guitars and wow. if you look on the electric guitars you can see the stole there just look at some of his original guitars they're they're amazing ah, stole yeah stole i'm seeing it now they're all um and unfortunately they don't have any pictures of them on the web at this point that's great yeah. i love i love bringing people to websites where there's nothing there <laughs> yeah um, I, I will cajole them into putting there these guitars are beautiful everything is wood the tone knobs and volume knobs are wood yeah, the, awesome. the pick guard is wood a different kind of wood uh yeah. and they're just beautiful to play yeah so i have to go there is, is this in connecticut yeah sure yeah, is so yeah when i go there visit my family 
I'm sure I'll, I'll go there. I, with my brother-in-law, uh, Nuno, I go to the guitar center. Yeah. Yeah. And I spend a, quite a lot of, quite a lot of time with him there. I'm going to, I'll take a few pictures and I'll convince them to put them up there. Yeah. Yeah. Too I would good. love to see those guitars. So probably if there are beautiful, then the 30th anniversary, I'll spend money here on your friend. <laughs> <laughs> John Schofield was impressed. He, when he came to oh. uh, the studio, he, uh, he, he did some work with me and we went down there and he liked the amps and the guitars. He was really, really impressed. Oh, if John Schofield says that, who am I? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the same yeah, way. He's a master. He's a master. Yeah. Yep. I love him. I have, I don't quite have a lot of his works, but I have an ancient one that has his orange CD. I think it's called the Go-Go. The Go-Go. It's one of my faves. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I love that. That was the first one I heard, and that that's what hooked me. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So, on your page, there's, when you look at the free version, the developer version for $99, and the ultimate version for $239, there's one feature that stands out that I don't, you know, I kind of have an idea what it is, but you really keep that for the high-end version, and that's pipelined interception. So what is pipelined interception? Yeah, pipeline interception is the ability to intercept interfaces directly, okay? Whoa! And, yeah, if you can intercept on interfaces, you don't have to go to the JSON and put all the interceptors on the methods. You just say, intercept this interface and all methods that implement that interface will automatically be intercepted. Woo! You see? So this is a time saver when you're trying, again, when you're navigating on thousands of lines of code mm. and you have all this stuff. Uh, this is also useful for uh, when you build interceptors that do other things, you know, if you're building, for instance, like a DDD app, a domain driven design app, where you have all these cool patterns like CQRS uh, uh, and stuff that you have to do all this logic with delegates and you want to build, for instance, an interceptor that does all, it has all this domain logic around some classes that implement mm. this interface. You can say that, okay, uh, imagine uh, something like an aggregate root or something like an I aggregate root of something, okay? Mm -hmm. So all aggregate roots will have that behavior, you know? Right. So you don't have to go and intercept everything around it and waste your time just go for the for go for the, the the interface yeah that's pipeline that's pretty awesome i can see why you're saving that for the for the high-end version a yeah lot, big time saver yeah well i mean we have made the tool that can save you a lot of time okay if you go there and see the tool the tool is very easy to use but if you are if you want to work with interfaces, this is this is the ultimate thing to to acquire. Okay, so be honest now. Um, is there anything tweaky? In other words, is there anything that you constantly get questions about because it might not be obvious, or things that you have to do um, that may not be obvious? Um, required methodologies or anything like that that we haven't talked about? No, I mean, people like to ask if this is some, if this is safe or not. We already talked about it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because people always look at this and say, Oh, this is very unobtrusive and someone can do this or that. But it's as we talked about, if on the stack, something way behind it lets a hacker pass, man, it's not this that's going to, to be the problem. One of the problems with aspect-oriented programming in general is because it's so out of sight and out of mind that you sometimes can't follow the code. And so I wonder if, you know, people are like hooking up every method or everything with, you know, trying to go global and getting themselves in trouble and then trying to back out of it, you know, piece at a time. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah. So that's why I think 
one of the most useful things you can do with meth interception is really, really instrumentation. I yeah. think it's really what it was built for. Mm. Everything is cool because it saves you time and makes you, uh, yeah, creating interceptors that automatically do stuff awesome. It's right. very cool. But it's really a time saver for, for, for instrumentation. Mm. Everything above that is the cherry on top of the cake. Sure. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, and I understand what you're saying because you have a lot of interceptors and sometimes you don't know what are they and where they are. So that's why CodeCop keeps a centralized configuration file, okay? For you to go there mm -hmm. and see, oh, so I have this uh, guard null interceptor. Hmm. Yeah. Where is this thing applied? So I go to the JSON and see, oh, guard null is here, 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 and here. Oh, okay, so I mm -hmm. got it. So that's why we keep it uh, there. In the library, like uh, Postchart, for instance, you have all those attributes spread out the code. You have to do like this, find use usages on Visual Studio and discover where is the attribute. Mm. So it's it's more difficult to locate. Okay, it's not it's not worse. It's another approach, but sure. it's more difficult to 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 grasp the vision of uh, where that interceptor or what that interceptor is doing. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, so do you, is that the kind of thing that you get questions about? I mean, I can't imagine what your, you know, people send you tweets and emails about, but yeah. is that sort of the number one thing that people just don't realize the power that they have? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, there's a lot of, I have been receiving a lot of good feedback from the community because they are, very curious, you know, because sure. when they see method interception and then they see JSON, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's, a, uh, yeah. it's an awkward cook, man. What's this? It's crazy <laughs> stuff. It's a crazy guy that just, <laughs> but it's nothing that has to do with nothing, you right? So, and they, they got curious. And when they see, oh, okay, no, I got it. But JSON is there. But there's a thing that a lot of people are asking me about. That isn't quite the, the path I want, that I want to take. Because they see that a library like this is so powerful. They're asking me all the time, why don't you have like a fluent API? Right. I mean, I am, I am a mock. I am a, a, I want to build a framework, a mocking framework. And I would really like you to expose that JSON configuration through an API. So that's mainly what people are asking me about. Please huh. give us this. Fluent API. <laughs> so I'm trying <laughs> to be unobtrusive, but all the community wants to be intrusive. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that's one of the, the things. And other things are, for instance, limitations. People ask me, so uh, is this like God mode or something? You can do right. everything you can. No, it has limitations, of course. This works with IL. So Every NGEN assembly, every assembly that has been pre-compiled to native code, it won't be intercepted, okay? We are working with IL only, okay? So NGEN assemblies, all those MS core lib assemblies, you sure. can't look, you can't look console right line, okay? And I don't want to. I want you to look your code, but it's possible as I, I told you, if a third-party assembly isn't NGENT to intercept it. And I just got to back up and remind people what NGEN is in case yeah, you never yeah. came across that. That's So if you know what, it, what the jitter is, the just-in-time compiler, this is sort of like pr a pre-jitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or a de-jitter. No, it's a pre-jitter. It jits before the jit jits. But then you don't need the yeah. JIT with the JIT anymore because you engine. Yeah, you don't need the JIT because it's engine. Yeah. <laughs> what a geeky talk, man. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is why my wife never asked me what I did today at work. <laughs> I, you know, the thing I was thinking about, thinking about this ability to insert around this code is an existing application you're missing source code for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, here's an app I'm dependent on. We want to re-engineer it. How do we start taking it apart and being able to build fakes and mocks around each of the methods and watch them behave? I mean, this is a great 
white boxing approach to understanding an app at a pretty low level. And um, I wonder if you could even make something that lets you step through an app method by method, you know, sort of like what the debugger does, something that pauses, tells you what the method is, and then lets it continue. Yeah, that'd be awesome. There's so many things that you can do if you just think about it. Like, I, I was thinking about how what kind of UIs could you sort of put on this thing. Obviously, you don't want to see um, the execution of an app in real time. You won't be able to keep up with it. But but certainly making maps of uh, execution flow, you know, like Richard was saying, you have something that's just worked, not, you know, somebody else's app and you want to, uh, you know, see where the methods are and how they get called and you make a sort of a tree. Yeah. yeah. That's why, that's why uh, I am starving for and I want people to interact with me, send me tweets, and start playing with this. Okay, I'm th- I'm starting to 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 think about putting a community version to let people uh, build stuff around this. I want people to build ready-made interceptors. Okay, because imagination, like you said, uh, Carl, is king. Yeah, yeah I absolutely. Mean, yeah, just bring ideas, integrate with uh, other products because the real value behind this product is not just method interception, is mashing up with other stuff, you know. Mm. I'm I'm instrumenting this and I want to integrate it with the mini profiler. Okay, oh, so there's this guy that already did it. Oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Boom. I want to integrate it with StatsD or another library that does uh, Logstash or anything else. So... This is the real value. We need the community voice here. I am putting, uh, I am publishing a new version of the site, uh, this weekend and I'm going to put a community, a community page there where people can, uh, send us their, their work, their Git pages and their nuggets, uh, to show, to showcase what they have done with CodeCop and, and send us all that feedback because that's the richness of the product. It's F community, F people that participate and make this great. Yeah. So you got the community thing. You do have a free version, right? But you're talking about a page or a, or a, a sort of a forum or something like that. You know? Yeah, we yeah. have a, we have a forum already built that okay. lets you, okay, now imagine you want to integrate this with some other library mm. and you do this by yourself. Okay. I have already two packages that I did that was the guard null and the uh, code cop uh, mini profiler. Okay. So if you go to the, the nougat, you can <clears throat> use it right off the box. And I want people to do that. Okay. Do other stuff. Like imagine uh, an interceptor that does thread synchronization, okay? Right. uh, Or something, put it there. Or you have to integrate it with another library that you are using it and uh, give it that to the community for people to to have less work around code that really doesn't make you a better developer and have more time to do fun stuff. Yeah, awesome. So, uh, is this done? Is there anything more to do? It looks like you've got all the the points of interception there. Is there is there anything else to do? Yeah, I mean, I really would like to mature the API more. I need people using it, people submitting us issues if they found. Uh, I mean, this as this is not completely as you as you probably know written in c sharp this has a lot of c++ code going around mm. and i want to mature also that code and change it a little bit semantically probably i'm thinking of of changing and adding some new stuff mm-hmm. um and we're going to in- invest really on this uh, new set of ready-made interceptors, okay? We want okay. people to already go there and see if, okay, if there's already this integration with this product that I need. Oh, so right. this is out of the blue. And um, and I'm really maturing the idea of a fluent API. It's not something that I'm going to integrate this because I want this to be unobtrusive. Sure. But if the community is asking me for a fluent API, I probably can start thinking about how to cook something like that. You know, you can't just ignore the community. If sure. The community, yeah, it would be stupid. Yeah. So I'm just uh, thinking about ways 
there's a lot of people asking me and I'm thinking, how can I build it? It's going to be a challenging thing to find. You know, it's challenging enough to find folks who understand interception well enough to use it, much less understand it well enough to work on it. Yeah, yeah. But there are a lot of guys that uh, are good hackers. <laughs> one yeah. of the things, yeah. One of the good, one the, uh, the first day I just tweeted about the product, I had already these three or four guys that were just saying, oh, let's see what, what's this under the hood. And the guy looked and, oh, no, it's it's obfuscated. I can't look at the code. And the guy was just <laughs> hammering, 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 hammering until he, 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 he decided to say, well, what are you doing? And I said, well, you, you, you could have avoided all that work. I was just jit hooking, man. <laughs> so that's a lot of that's a lot of work that the guy had. So and another thing that I'm uh, also preparing and launching with the new site version is an online training uh, course. I want to do. I want to do. I offer a free course for people to start using CodeCop, and probably I'm going to do an email course, a five day or something email course I'm going to offer to people. And I want to do also some videos and uh, yeah, making a lot of, of uh, um, giving away a lot of uh, instructional material about CodeCamp. Because I know that a lot of people out there that especially on also big companies that needed a product like this. I know that I know at least uh, quite good of them. Because I have friends that work on big companies and they say that this is a recurrent problem. Yeah. All right. Well, Ricardo, thanks very much. This is great stuff. And I hope people take advantage of it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Love being here. And uh, thanks for giving me this opportunity to showcase this product. You bet. Thanks for being awesome. We'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a transmitter band by the FCC.